what's going on? Like, what is happening with young people in mental health? What is happening with you in mental health? And I know that one's like, I'm not answering that, but just wait till you hear my story. <laughs> then you'll be like, me too. Um, just a quick survey with somebody willing to share. Actually, I need two people who are willing to share um, what is going on in your circle, in your school, and in the world of youth, because you are literally the experts on that. Um, so I'm in college, but I worked before I work for my church now, but before I worked there, I worked at a trampoline park and eventually, um, I even a bracelet. I ended up becoming the defy mom. And I think it's cause they're, they're just kind of lonely. Like they don't have someone to talk to someone to open up to. Cause it was like this, I'd be like, how's your day? How is school? Cause these kids like would come straight after school. So I was like, how is school? How's your day? Did you drink water? You've been here for like four hours. Like that's a little important. And then like they would start like at first they're like, it was okay. And then they'd be like, oh, I did this in like class today. And then it's like, they ended up calling me mom. And I was like, <laughs> like, you're talking to me. And they're like, yeah, mom. I was like, okay. And then next thing I know, they're like, oh my gosh, look at this new trick I learned. Or, oh, look at this. It's so cool. And I'm just like, that's great. Why are you telling me? But then it's like, and then I kind of realized I was the one who was like asking them, how are they doing? Like how school? Like, I just think they're, they're kind of isolated and especially since the pandemic, I just think that kind of like amplified it. Can you like snap your fingers if you can say like, yes, I see that. No. Okay. Yeah. Half the people are good, but most people are snapping their fingers um, because I don't know if, if I've felt lonely and isolated too. And it's a, it's not a good feeling. Um, yeah. So that's an assessment. We're going to take that in for the talk. Okay, good. One more person must be one of the high school students. Yes, crazy. Okay, so I feel like one of the major problems is like just taking on too much in people's lives. So, and like feeling the peer pressure of it all. Because I am in all AP classes and like band honor roll I'm in like a lot um and I see it with my friends who are doing the exact same thing like it just becomes so much pressure and then you feel like you can't have time to spend with your friends you can't have time to spend with your family and then you become lonely or isolated and it just starts to make you feel like you're alone and <laughs> and so all of this like starts to pile up and it just gets too much and that's where I feel like depression and anxiety comes from. And so in a way that like that happened, like piled too much just like on me is I it got too much and I was stressed out. So I was trying to drive home safely the other day and I ended up crashing my car. So it just kind of gets too much and you're focused on like schoolwork instead of focusing on the road or stuff like that. So. Uh, loneliness is what I heard again, isolation, busyness and things like that. If you agree with that, can you just stand up? Okay. I just want to make sure that I'm not talking about like pineapple upside down cake or something. And then you guys are like, that's not, what am I here? Why am I here? So thank you for your courage and the rest of you. It's okay. Like maybe it's just not something going on. So appreciate y'all. Let's do this. 
Um, it's good to learn. I think sometimes what happens with young people um, is that we're like, this is your problem and I'm going to fix it. And you're like, uh, you don't know my problems, but I do need help. Uh, like everybody needs help. And so it's good to get your opinion as subject matter experts on what it means to be a young person nowadays. So thank you for sharing that. So the actual title of this talk, uh, not peanut butter and jelly, not like interviewing people. I like to distract y'all at first and then the hard stuff comes. Uh, the actual title of this talk is you can have a therapist and still love Jesus. Um, I have a therapist and I've had a therapist for like eight years. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself. Um, next. Um, and I asked a question because I don't want to just share it and then be like, oh, this is so boring or get eye rolls because uh, there's different parts to our stories, right? There's different facets to who we are. And I want to share some of who I am. Um, but don't roll your eyes at me just yet, okay? Because I would roll my eyes at me too and be like, who's she to be talking to us about this? But wait. Um, my name is Angela Vivar Romero. I am um, a daughter of Mexican immigrants from Orizaba, Veracruz, Mexico. That's like south. What's up? You too? Chihuahua. Okay. That's, it's all good. Uh, very nice. I studied abroad in Chihuahua. It gets better. Uh, oh my God, her life. Okay. I'm, I, <laughs> I um, get to do really cool things nowadays and I've gotten to do a lot of really cool stuff. Um, I graduated from Oklahoma State University with a bachelor's degree. I have a master's degree in education and counseling. Um, I'm a board member for the United Way. I'm actually the president of our United Way. We're in the middle of campaign. We're raising a million dollars for different organizations all across Payne County. Um, I sit on a school board. Um, I'm the director of Hispanic ministry at St. Francis Xavier Catholic Church. I'm a former Miss Hispanic OSU and a former Miss Oklahoma Latina. I've gotten to travel the world and do all kinds of cool things. I get to travel the country and talk to students not about faith because I have to go into educational spaces where we are not allowed to talk about faith. So I kind of wink sometimes and I'm like, I just, you know, if you, oh, if you, I'm here. Um, and so it's hard. Um, but I do get to go to really cool places where they send me and, um, super dreamy and really cool. And uh, it's been good. It's been beautiful. And it's been a wonderful ride. Um, but there's a lot of things that with like the things we either accomplish or don't accomplish with, you know, whether we look like the kid who's doing everything or the kid who does nothing. Uh, there's stuff that goes on besides that. So underneath it all, I don't know if you guys, you all are able to see, but the things that we don't see um, are things like, like this. These are the things that I suffer from. These are the things I wish I didn't suffer from. They are anxiety, depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, complex post-traumatic stress disorder, which means I was around the stress and the trauma way too long. And so now it's like hard to get out of it. Dissociation, that means that sometimes I'm outside of my body. That I train myself, this is too much. This is too hard, this is too painful. We're going to step outside of this because it's too much to feel. Our bodies are that smart. Our minds are that smart to where they're like, too much. You get into a car accident, too much. We're going to black out. <laughs> too much. We're not going to remember parts of this. Um, so that happened to me and it kept happening to me. So now sometimes I don't feel out of body like anymore. But there's these moments where I'm like, uh, I, don't, I can't connect my head and my heart. And so I have to go based off of the strength that God gives me to just say, like, sorry, to say the things that I feel that he would have me say. It's incredibly difficult 
thing to live with. And I'm the president of a board and I'm on school board and I'm director of programming. And these things happen at the same time. And I have high heels that my pageant days taught me to walk in for hours and days and days. And I'm just not like not having it anymore. Um, so we're, we're giving those up. Hypervigilance and fear. There's some, oh God, you guys. Hypervigilance and fear. There's some things that um, happen also that make me just kind of like, is everything okay? Loud noises. Don't like this. I get very scared. I have nightmares. Um, there are just things that happen spiritually in my life that I don't doubt happen to some people. Maybe we don't realize it's spiritual that make me scared. Um, and I have autoimmune diseases, which basically means that I have diseases in my body that are fighting against me, that are making me sicker than where I should actually be. And they're triggered by stress and trauma. Great. So that's when I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, God. But we're still here, God. See, these are some of the things that I grew up with. Domestic violence daily. Stalking, verbal, physical, emotional, mental, and the other kinds of abuses and assault. Alcoholism and addiction in my family and growing up. Racism, bullying, look at that word. Isolation in school, exclusion. Okay, Holy Spirit. Yes, Holy Spirit. Okay. In preparation for this. Last bullet point, isolation, exclusion, and loneliness. Because a lot of times the things that happen to us, the things that we can't control because other people have done these things to us and they hurt and they did something at a certain point in our life that some people will tell us, you need to let that go. Like you need to get over the trauma. You need to get over the stress. You need to get over, get over the fear. And you're like, don't you wish that I, don't you know that I wish that I could? And so what that brings us into a lot of times is isolation, is loneliness. When people don't listen to the fact that we have something to say, that I'm worried about something, that I'm scared about something, that I feel lonely. And when we are ignored in that, that pushes us further into isolation and loneliness. So there are things that we have to do in order to combat that because those things will happen in life. Um, And I want to show you and share with you some of the things that have worked for me. Well, we were playing games a minute ago and everything. And now it's like, oh my God. <laughs> and I knew this, ha- this moment was coming. Um, so let me, let me go to the next slide. Things that save my mental health. We don't have a lot of time left. Dang it. Please make sure that you're coming up with any questions that you might have. Um, Cause we'll definitely get to those things that save my mental health. Um, I learned that I am not very nice to myself. Please be careful with the words that you say to yourself. I was driving out of my therapist because I have a therapist, a counselor, a psychotherapist because I need help and maybe you maybe need it too. And maybe sometimes our families don't think that we need that. Or maybe sometimes our families might shame us. It's not everybody. In in Spanish, we call a therapist a lavacoco, like somebody who like, te lava el cerebro, they brainwash you. (laughs) <laughs> she's smiling <laughs> and they yes and and um it's this thing of like you need to figure it out on your own because you're not going to put shame on our family you're not going to be telling everybody what's going on in this house oh I see some heads that are like yeah you're not going to bring shame into our home okay you're not going to be telling everybody what's going on in our family okay first of all we're acting like everything is okay like what happened in our family what happened to me is okay So why are you making me feel ashamed if everything's okay? Well, then I should just talk about the okay thing. Does that make sense? If there were not a problem, I wouldn't have a need to talk about it. Something that the Lord revealed to me not too long ago in prayer, and this took hours. So don't think, oh man, God just talks to her like that. This hours. 
my St. Francis peeps know that I'll, they'll find me after mass two hours praying, praying. Pr- I need to hear from you, God, because I am hurting. I am still not healed from these things. Let me hear from you because I need to go and do the thing that you've called me to, which is talk to young people and let them know how to find a tunnel out of this because it's hard. So something that the Lord revealed to me, he said, and actually this happened at Steubenville. If you guys can ever go to Steubenville conference, you hear your youth, your youth ministers talk about that, go to Steubenville. I spent the whole weekend being like, God, why don't you say anything to me? I need your help. You're not helping me. Very last day, final mass, closing mass. I'm on my knees. Probably freaked out the little St. Francis girl next to me, Emma. I start sobbing because I heard the Lord say, their sin is not your sin. Their sin is not your fault. The things that are causing your head to hurt and your heart to hurt, you didn't cause that. You could never do anything to deserve any kind of abuse. The Lord would not do that to you. There is nothing, nothing, nothing that you could do, even if you were the meanest, cruelest person in the world, for someone else to be mean and cruel to you. The Lord does not work on a payback system. And the Lord is just, and he sees what happens. And a lot of times that cruelty, those things that happen, those people that exclude us, those people that make us feel bad about ourselves and they have done that, or that one thing that happened that you just can't seem to heal from, they need to be brought to the light. I said a lot of times, always, because the enemy is real. The enemy is for real. And the enemy is out for our peace. And the enemy is out for our purpose. Because if we can turn the things that have happened to us, that often I wonder, God, why did this happen to me? You can have honest conversations with God. You can tell him, I don't get it. Why? If you are so good, I don't understand why. Because if you never get to that, you don't have real relationship with God. You must be able to talk to him about these things. And our families, my mom would always say, basically, don't challenge God. Don't, hey, I'm not saying to go cuss God out or anything. And if if it happens, I've been known to. But guess whose love I'm still under? <laughs> like, He is a dad that a lot of us have never known. He is a dad that some of us have been blessed to know a God, a kind a father, an earthly father who is here, available, listens, doesn't hurt anyone, is kind, respectful. But some of us, this list, I love my dad. He has since passed away and I took care of him until the day he died, two years with cancer. But those things were caused by my dad. No, no, no. They were caused by the enemy who used my dad as a tool to come against me because I have a purpose. The enemy uses people to come against us because we have a purpose, because we have a calling in life, because there's something that we're supposed to do, whether it's to be the best teacher ever, to pour out the love that you have inside, because we are dying to love. We all just want to love. But that's cut off. When trauma happens, it gets cut off. The love that I have maybe I shouldn't give it. Maybe it won't be well received. Maybe they don't deserve it. I don't know um, what the reason is. And I don't know a lot of the reasonings for the things that happen. And I still ask God, but I still can't get away from him because he's everything and everywhere. And no matter what, he has never abandoned you. Fight me. <laughs> like, I know what it feels like. 
to feel completely abandoned. But God does not cause evil. God does not cause a trauma in our lives. There is a permissive part of what he allows sometimes. What do I know? I know that I would be dead if God had not intervened. I know that I would be one of those news stories years back, murder-suicide. I know my dad would have done it if God had not sent his angels to help us night after night after night of what was happening. I know that the isolation and the loneliness that I faced in school because I just was shy. Why was I shy? Because of everything that happened, I was just a quieter kid. It made me kind of different. I know that I wouldn't be here. He has saved me from so much. And there are things that we have to do because we can't give up. And we can't let the people around us give up either. I was not kind to myself. I was leaving my therapist's office and I was going to make a turn and automatically said, because somebody like, they cut me off. I call myself, I said, stupid. And I was like, wait, I called them, I just called myself stupid. And then I messed up again and I called myself stupid again. And it was like, hold on a second. My therapist talked to me about this because she said, so you're going to be your own bully. So the world has bullied you. The world has made you feel alone, yet you're going to make yourself feel more alone. Yet you're going to call yourself names that you wouldn't call a child, that you wouldn't call your friend. Would you ever, now some of us call our friends stupid just to be joking, but would you ever genuinely look at your friend and be like, you're worthless. You're stupid. Nobody wants you. You see, that's why nobody wants to hang out with you. That's why you're alone. Would you ever? Yes or no? God, no. What would that do to your friend? You say it. I see faces. Do what? Destroy them. Be careful how you talk to yourself. Because we can destroy ourselves every single day of our lives. Catch yourself today, because I can almost guarantee that every single person will say something to themselves today that is painful, that is hurtful, that reflects what other people have said to you. Be careful with the words that you are saying. You would never say them to your friend, and you are one of your best friends, whether you want to be or not. You can't leave this right here. <laughs> this is what's true. Anything else comes from the enemy. Whatever is true, noble, just, pure, lovely or of good report, that's from God. And if you want to go into science, there's a type of therapy called internal family systems, and it tells us compassion, clarity, connectedness, creativity, courage, confidence, and calm. Those are the seven C's. If those are present in your heart and your mind, it's from God. If not, we need to pray more. God does not speak to us in threats. God does not make us feel uneasy and scared and fearful. That is not God. Oh, I'm getting a bad feel. Like, oh my God, I'm so terrified. That's not God. God's way smarter than that. He's going to be like, I'll show you a different way. God does not speak to us like our worst enemy would. God does not speak to us like the enemy would. Okay. And a lot of times we're tempted to think like, oh, I'm so guilty. I'm so bad. And all these, God does not saying that either. He's like, can you just come over to confession and talk to me? That's it. Let me clean you. Make it clean. Because I have confused for many, many years in my life the voice of the enemy for the voice of truth. The voice of evil for the voice of truth. I must be worthless. I must be unwanted. My own dad didn't want me. My own dad walked out on us every single day. Not just once, every single day to go drink with his friends. 
And then he'd come home and it was hell. And that can make you begin to feel the opposite of all those things. But God didn't do that to me. And God didn't do that to you. Fight me. <laughs> Come talk to me afterward if you're like, hey, I want to fight God. Because I've been there. And we'll, we'll talk and we'll pray together. And I have been there. Because often whenever we ask these questions of God, why'd you let it happen? God, why the trauma? Why the mental you know, anguish and everything that's going on? The answer that he gives you is way better than what you want to receive. Because we don't know why these things happen sometimes. But his answer is so much better. I needed a counselor. That's it. It's okay to have a counselor and be Catholic. You're not bad if you need help. You're not bad if you're not perfect. God loves the imperfect. God never abandoned me. He won't do it to you either. Um, it's giving enemy. Like, don't tell family secrets, lies. Tell somebody. Tell somebody what's going on. Don't isolate yourself. If other people isolate you, don't isolate yourself. Um, let me just tell you this, and I know we're pretty much closing up. If you seek a therapist, if you talk to a counselor or a teacher, if you talk to a friend, and if they don't give you the type of help that you need, do not give up, please. Because I hear so many people say, that didn't even help. They didn't even listen. They just like brushed me off. Wrong person, move on. It's like finding scholarships. You didn't get that one, go for the next one. Opportunity, get this one, go for the next one. The first time isn't always a charm and you need to tell somebody what's going on. Remember to have grace. The more that you learn, the more wisdom that you gain in these areas of, hey, I don't want to cause people anguish. I don't want to hurt people. And you start becoming more like awake to what's right and more aware to what's going on in your family, really. And more aware of how your parents are like, oh, they're normal people, not Superman and Superwoman, you know. Um, that's when we have to have, we have to ask God for grace because grace doesn't come naturally. We have to ask him for the ability to love those people in any way, even if it's like right here, right there. Anger will bury us alive. Careful with that. Final thing. We don't get to do Q&A, but I'm right here for Q&A if you want to stay afterward. Um, you know what I don't, don't like very much because I didn't go to Catholic school or anything and I've never knew these technical terms until I worked in a Catholic church. I would hear them and it'd be like, adoration of the Holy Eucharist. I'm okay, what? Like, I'm not going to go. Like, I don't really, uh, and I would go, but I was like, this, uh, the. Jesus Christ himself, like his actual body, like they put him up on the altar and that means he's present with you. If Jesus Christ is over there in front of you in the church, you can talk to him. You can talk to him anywhere because you can never be apart from Jesus. You and him are like one flesh. You and God can never be apart. You are created in his image and you are one with him. That's another thing that was revealed to me in prayer that I want to share with you. And it's a message for you guys too. You and Jesus can never be apart as much as you run away from him. When you ache, he aches. When you hurt, he hurts. When you need someone to defend you, he will fight for you. Take Holy Communion, go to confession. And when you go to confession, it's not just, oh my God, I was so bad, I did these things. 
I dare you to tell your priest also, and somebody else did these things that are making me doubt my faith. Somebody else also did this to me. And now I don't know if I believe. Now I don't know how to be close to God because how could this happen? I dare you to tell them that. And if they don't give you the response you want, go to the next priest because they should counsel you a little bit, a little bit through that. And then ask for a meeting with them. We don't have Q&A. What I want to finish off with for you guys is I know that's going on. I thank you for your courage for coming to a session that maybe some of y'all were going to this, you know, or some of y'all were like mental health. Yes. Um, I saw the looks on a lot of faces here and I want you to know that you are not alone because when your eyes were watering, their eyes were watering too. When you couldn't stop crying, that person next to you couldn't stop crying either, but nobody knew it. And so please know that in these battles, you are not alone but also that God is very real and society will tell you that he is not. Society will tell you, well, he doesn't want us to do this, this, this. And His perspective is so much better than what anybody on behind a keyboard has to say. His love is so much bigger. Please accept the love that he offers you.